Ladies and gentlemen, damas y caballeros, welcome to Siempre Palante. Hola mi gente, welcome to Siempre Palante, Always Forward. I'm your host, Hirabo Luis Alvarez. Gracias for listening. As we begin the celebration of Black culture this month, remember, one month only scratches the surface to the contributions Black women and men have made in the U.S. and around the world. Take time to read and share stories of pioneers who have laid the foundation to make this world a better place. Listen and learn from history so that we can right the wrongs and improve on the accomplishments. Pray to our ancestors so they may give us the strength to overcome no matter what comes our way. This month, I invite you to hear about how our guests take their craft to another level. In this episode, our guest took the leap of faith creating one of the biggest movements in media. Her work has been recognized by Shonda Rhimes, Melissa Harris-Perry, and Idris Elba. That's just a few of the tastemakers that our guest and her team has interviewed. She has garnered the respect of fans and industry professionals with content that connects with the community. From red carpets to current events, Get your wireless earbuds ready. Please welcome the CEO of Black Girl Nerds, Jamie Broadnax. Who is Jamie Broadnax? Wow, that's a really hard and loaded question. Who is Jamie Broadnax? I still ask myself that question. I am the founder and CEO of the online publication Black Girl Nerds that I started in February of 2012. Growing up, I Never really looked at myself as a nerd. I was certainly called one, but it wasn't until around 2012 that I definitely was intrigued by the subculture of nerd and geek fandom. The term nerd is very elusive because it means different things to different people. So for me, at that period, when I looked at nerd culture, I looked at it in the fandom spectrum. So like, Gaming, comics, movies, things of that nature. So Jamie is a writer. Jamie is into movies and TV. So I got really lucky in fusing all of those things together with creating a blog page in 2012 called Black Girl Nerds. And I managed to create a business out of it, which is kind of a miracle in and of itself. And that was never the intention, but it just kind of happened to organically grow that way. Yeah, here we are. (laughs) There's something for everyone, but you're very intentional about what you write, the audience you cater to. But I feel when you embrace the term nerd, I love being a geek and a nerd. So I embrace it. So when someone else embraces, it's like, there we go. We got a common thread. Let's talk. That's one of the things that I really enjoy about the content, but about what you're putting out to empower folks, to make them feel part of a community, an inclusive community. But this is also for women, for girls. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that, how this came to be, because it started in 2012, but before that, what really inspired BGN? Well, the story behind that is I did a Google search. I went on Google and I typed in the term Black Girl Nerds and nothing came up. As a matter of fact, actually something did come up. I went on the Google 
search images and there were images of white women wearing glasses with black frames. So that time during Google, that's what Google thought a black girl nerd looked like. But I had some experience with blogging. I actually had a movie blog at the time. I've been writing about movie reviews and I guess considered myself a film critic for some time at that point. I went on blogger.com at the time and created a blog page called Black Girl Nerds. And literally within, I would say, 24 to 48 hours, I had a published author reach out to me and they stumbled onto the site and was like, I want to write content (laughs) along with you. And I'm just like, I can't pay you, but (laughs) you're more than welcome to do that. And she was thrilled to be a part of it. Also, I want to mention, I had created a Facebook fan page probably about a year before that called Black Girl Nerds, just because I just thought it was fun and funky to do. And I had a little bit of folks that were following that page. But the site was created in 2012. So yeah, that's how it started. And it really grew, I would say, relatively quick for a blog because a lot of girls would approach me saying, hey, I don't see myself reflected in the geek subculture. And I stumbled onto your blog and I really love it. And I'd like to write for your site. So within a short span of time, I had multiple writers writing for Black Girl Nerd. So it evolved from a site of just me and my own personal musings about geek culture to other women's voices talking about their favorite fandoms or their own personal experiences navigating a space as a Black woman, as a Black woman that are self-identified geeks and nerds. Because at that time, that was a bit of an anomaly. So it was a very interesting time. It's Beautiful to see how much it's evolved since then. I mean, even the word, the portmanteau, blurred, black nerd was a little divisive back then. (laughs) But now it's embraced and people use it as a part of their merchandising, their moniker and their sites. And so it's great to see how much the community has evolved and formed since then. What does that mean to you? How does that make you feel? It feels good. I love it because... There's a lot of content creators that are creating their own brands, their own spaces that are really forming their own identities out of these marginalized communities, which we were a part of that 10 years ago. And to see it beautifully growing like a flower, like a plant, it's great. I love it. It makes me feel good. I mean, I don't take credit for starting any kind of movement or being a pioneer in that because I think that there were probably a lot of other people that were doing the same things that I was doing back then. But it's great to have been a part of that even back 10 years ago and just seeing that growth. So it's a beautiful thing. As things started getting really, really big, then take me through that. It took a while and there was definitely some growing pains in the process because I was working a nine to five while doing BGN. And you know, to be quite honest with you, I always saw BGN as a hobby for a long time, even when there were notable people involved. And by notable, I mean, like, even when we were interviewing celebrities, even when I was getting flown out to do red carpet events or cover set visits for big studios, even at times when brands would pay me as an influencer to live tweet 
I still looked at BGN as a hobby and still clenched on to the nine to five, thinking that I wasn't really good enough, I guess, to be an entrepreneur. I never went to business school. My degree was in film and marketing. So it wasn't until I finally kind of had a come to Jesus moment where I was like, I really need to make this into a business. Thank goodness we got enough traffic on the site. I was able to partner up with an ad network and bring in enough consistent revenue to where I could pay writers, pay editors, and filing it as an LLC. So that way when companies pay a check, they pay it to Black Girl Nerds LLC, that this is like a legitimate kind of thing. But it took some time. I mean, I filed the LLC in 2017. It was a minute. But I think a lot of that had to do with my own insecurities about myself as an entrepreneur, as a leader, and kind of having those hiccups along the road with dealing with folks that were working with me and all of that. But I'm grateful for those moments. I'm grateful for the setbacks because it's allowed me to be the person that I am today and realizing that, okay, I can do this. I just have to take these steps and go down this path instead to get there. There are no shortcuts. And like you said in our little briefing, that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Tell me about that specific moment where you took the leap of faith. I think the moment that I left the nine to five, there was a lot of things going on where I felt pretty confident that BGN would be my full-time job, but it was scary. And... (laughs) I knew that the risk would definitely change my life forever. And there were a lot of setbacks. There were things that ended up not happening that I thought were going to happen. So I wasn't in the place financially that I had expected that I would be. But thank goodness, I was able to still hang on to BGN I was still able to monetize content off of the site. I was still able to manage to keep a good team of writers, which obviously content is king, right? Content is what keeps the site alive. That's and queen. Us. And queen, yes. What keeps us growing and keeps us sustainable. It allowed me to be able to take this jump off of the cliff, so to speak, metaphorically, to be able to keep things going with BGN. But yeah, it was definitely a scary moment. And for anybody out there that ever decides to do that, just make sure that you have a plan intact. I did not. (laughs) I just had hope and just praying about it and thinking, okay, well, I have these things lined up and those things did not happen. But I think BGN at the end of the day, ultimately has been the backbone of what has saved me and I guess is probably what has been meant for me all along. And big shout out to the ancestors, because I'm sure that they were with you. This perseverance, it's those sacrifices. And you appreciate, not that you didn't appreciate things in 2012, but I'm sure what you learned from this adversity, it's a whole new level of appreciation. Did you know, Sabias que, since 2012, Black Girl Nerds has become one of the most respected and followed online publications and media. Why Black Girl Nerds? Founder and CEO Jamie Broadneck states, I named this site Black Girl Nerds because the concept of Black women as geeky dorky beings is somewhat of an anomaly. It's against the order of things in the Black girl world. 
We represent a wide array of diverse women who embrace all cultures and refuse to conform to the status quo. BGN continues to be the go-to space that elevates an inclusive narrative. Their coverage is a fresh perspective on every aspect of entertainment, culture, and current events. Those are just a few of the many things they highlight. Visit blackgirlnerds.com today and check the show notes for more info. While you're at it, support and donate to the movement. Tell them Hidalgo sent you. Now back to the show. Now you have a plethora. You were in the kitchen. You put in those sauces to work. You put in the sazon. You put in the recipes. You cooked up so much good stuff and you've offered so much on the menu. I love food, as you can tell. But it's one of those things. You offered your audience so many different things, but the flavor is consistent. It's hard work and I commend you for that. You stuck it out. This adversity wasn't just learned at that moment, you pulled from special places that were ingrained in you at a very early age. This is before BGN. This is the early years, the family. Let's talk about that, those influences that taught you the foundation to who you are today. Let's talk a little bit about that. Oh, wow. I feel like I'm in therapy. (laughs) I mean... It's funny because when I had a season of dealing with that adversity, I had my aunt, we actually had a family reunion. They all came and visited me and she was talking to me about the history of our family lineage and how we came from a family of entrepreneurs. And a lot of this information I didn't even know about. And she was just telling me about my great uncle and how he owned a restaurant business and like what he had to deal with. And it's just fascinating to know that information, first of all, that I came from a family of entrepreneurs and that, you know, he had dealt with all of that. That connection, I'm sure that was an aha moment. You were just like, my uncle's an entrepreneur. You connect the dots and then you get a little bit more curious and you ask more questions. Because our history teaches us that, our family teaches us that, our culture teaches us that, our upbringing. So to dig a little further, what other family members, relatives, friends, people that those lessons they teach us, sometimes not directly, but it's how they do things. There's some other things that have stuck to you that to this day, you're still doing it. My mom is definitely a huge influence because... Being a single parent, raising two kids and never quitting, always having the drive and the determination, dealing with adversity at every turn in her life from the beginning and being determined to not live in poverty when she could have easily made a decision to do that. But she's like, nope, I'm not. If I have to work five jobs. And she did. She she didn't work five. She worked three with two young babies. So I think seeing that kind of independence, the fact that she's like, I am not going to rely on a man to help me like that kind of attitude. I am going to be independent. I am going to be a self-starter. I think that's important. I think I have a lot of that in me. I focus on my own drive and I don't mind being in solitude if I'm able to drive bringing my business into an upward trajectory, if it means being successful, I don't mind working in solitude to do that. But I do 
embrace being in a community of folks that help me in my business. And I enjoy working with a team of great writers and a staff of folks with BGN. So I'm not just saying that I'm an individualist in that aspect, but I'm willing to sacrifice some things. So yeah, I look to my mom a lot, I think in that respect of just her will and her spirit and her just independence and how she's just managed to just be a go-getter. I think I've probably inherited some of that. It's beautiful how much we take from our family, but then we grow and make it better. So we pass it down. That's how we continue to get better as people. Being a father of a little three-year-old girl, I know that my wife and I, we want to give her the best of who we are. There's no playbook. We give her the best of who we are so she can grow up and then grow and be successful and when they have her family and then she doesn't have a playbook she'll have what she learned from us but then she'll make her decisions that's what parents do that's what our family does they instill in us these qualities when we're young we're sponges we just gravitate to those things growing up as a kid i grew up like there was mostly boys that i hung out with historically gaming comics that's been more of a boy fandom. So I collected sports cards as a kid. I collected the comic book cards. I watched a lot of the comic book shows. I played video games. So I was doing a lot of that as a kid. And that obviously manifested into a lot of the pop culture content that you see on Black Girl Nerds. So I think that probably had a huge influence in my life. I can't say there was one person or like a watershed moment watching a movie or anything like that. I've always been interested in movies. I remember our next door neighbor used to invite us over to watch horror movies. I was too young to be watching Hellraiser movies. Too young. (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street. And I loved genre film to this day. We do a lot of genre TV show reviews and films and stuff on BGN. So yeah, it's always been around me as a kid. Mi gente, when you get a chance, take it a step further after you listen. Help support Siempre Palante by making a donation. This helps keep the lights on and more importantly, brings you more cultural content and live events. Instead of buying that cafecito or fresh bagel, visit linktree forward slash sp.alwaysforward. L-I-N- ktr.ee forward slash sp.alwaysforward or go to the show notes for more info. Gracias. Whether it was X-Men, Marvel, DC, you name it, there's this connection. And then when you come full circle, now you have a platform that highlights your passions. So what are some of the favorites? Let's put the disclaimer here. For the BGN familia, for all the guests that have been on BGN, actors, everyone, content creators, creators, don't take it personal if you didn't get mentioned. There's love, you know? (laughs) Jamie loves all of you. I'm making it difficult right now for her because she's smiling like, man, why is he asking me this question? (laughs) First of all, the best moment or one of the greatest moments was getting a shout out from Shonda Rhimes. This happened, I think, in 2014. 
in Marie Claire magazine where she said I was one of her favorite people to follow on Twitter. That was just wild. So I have that in my resume. I have that whenever someone wants my bio. (laughs) So that was a great moment. When Melissa Harris Perry had her show on MSNBC, she invited me on as a guest. She was actually like one of the first notable celebrities to acknowledge Black girl nerds. So she had said on Twitter she loved the blog. And so that was a really cool moment. And then for her to invite me a few years later to be a guest on her show, that was great. And then another moment was when I did like my first celebrity interview with Idris Elba. In his hotel room, no less. (laughs) That was at Comic-Con, I think in 2016. That was a very memorable moment for me because it was actually like my first interview. And then it's like with a huge celebrity like him. So yeah, I mean, we've done some really great things over the years. And I'm just so proud of not only those personal moments for me, but then like we've just had some really great articles that have been written by some incredible writers on our team. Like there's a section on the website that says editor's picks. So if you guys go to blackgirlnerds.com, feel free to check it out. But I have like a list of all of my favorite articles that are more recent within the last 10 years we've been around, but you should check them out. Like one of them is about Morticia Adams and redefining feminism and the intersectionality of Morticia Adams and Wednesday Adams. And I just love that article and revisiting cult classics, which is a series that we do on BGN where we revisit old movies from the past. And one of my writers did a piece on the movie Once Bitten with Jim Carrey, which is like one of my favorite movies from back in the day. So yeah, like there's just always been some great moments and I could go on and on and on, but that's just a few. (laughs) That's amazing. Those three names, that's amazing. You were talking about your smiling and that joy that it brings you. That's passion. Jamie smiles bleeding through the audio. When you're passionate about something, It really shows and you enjoy what you do. You don't work a day in your life. That's when you know. That's literally like the definition of success to me. I feel like when people are creating content just for the purpose of, oh, let me get the clout. Let me get money. Like that's not the path to success. The path to success is passion. If you're willing to do something where you are willing to... (laughs) basically go without food for hours or without sleep for hours because you're just so passionate about it because you just love it so much. That's when you know you're on to something. I am completely an advocate for the idea and the philosophy of being passionate. Success is literally, it's the symptom, which is a good symptom of what passion does. The road gets easier. It widens up for you. But then if you have these intentions where it's only like, oh, well, I want to do what they're doing because they're successful, then there's no passion there. You're only trying to copycat someone. You're only looking at someone else's lane. And if you're on a track and you're looking at what the person is doing next to you, then that slows you down. So, yeah, I am a complete believer that if you're passionate about something, then your road to success is going to be far more easier for you. And you'll get there actually relatively quicker. I agree. My name is Jamie Broadmax. I am the founder and CEO of Black Girl Nerds, and you are listening to the Siempre Palante podcast. 
What does legacy mean to you? Legacy is something that people remember about you long after you're gone. People remember about you while you're here. Legacy is something that is built over time. Legacy is something that's beautiful. Legacy is something that is influential, that people look to. I see that legacy and I would love to build something like that. Or I would like to be remembered for something like that. That's what legacy means to me. And legacy is something that you want to be able to give and bequeath to whether if it's something that you want to give to a community or if you want to give to your children or family or something like that. You can definitely look at it in different perspectives based off of what path you're walking when it comes to legacy. But for me, what I see legacy is I just want to be able to create something that is inspiring, that people will be able to see themselves reflected in, that people can create their own communities based off of the success that I've been able to bring with my platform. And then that we could normalize Black women in geek culture, that it's not an anomaly, which it's actually kind of cool. Because now when you type in Black girl nerds on Google, there's not just white women with Black frames anymore. (laughs) So yeah, that's definitely legacy right there. What you just said there, what you're doing, it's a continuous book. Every chapter, every line, every page is being written as we speak what you're doing. So with all this, what would you like to say to that young girl that's a nerd, whether she's Black, Latina, Asian, Indigenous, she wants to get into the space? What would you say to her? I would say that number one, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be completely transparent and open about what you represent in this world. Don't ever feel like you have to hide who you are. Don't ever feel like you have to hide your identity because there's always going to be a community of people out there that need to see you. (laughs) They need to see themselves reflected in people like you. So wave your flag high and follow your passion. You know, going back to the passion conversation, make sure that whatever you're doing, you're passionate about it. You love it. Because if you don't love it anymore, you're going to get exhausted. You're going to get tired and you don't want that for yourself. So be in love with whatever it is that you want to do as a content creator and just be yourself. If you ever make a mistake in this world, it's okay. It's not going to be the end of you. (laughs) Just get back right up and keep going. Gracias, Jamie, for sharing your story. What you built has become a movement, a community of Black girl nerds who are inspired by the work you do. Your content is what the world needs. It helps us escape and take that mental health break. Te deseo lo mejor y más. Mi gente, have you gotten a chance to rate, review, follow, like, subscribe, and share? Please do. It goes a long way. Remember, you can find the show via Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check the show notes to learn more about Jamie Broadnax and Black Girl Nerds. A special palante shout-out goes to my editor, Santiago, guests, familia, and listeners. Gracias for your support. Next week, 
Our guest will be artist and muralist Albertus Joseph. Tune in and tell a friend. Hasta la próxima. Palante.